Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of RE News, where we keep you in the loop. Are you expecting an on-block in your development? Is on-block still a windfall for homeowners? In today's episode of RE News, we talk about the Singaporean hot favourite, on-block. When you hear the term on block, you might be reminded of the heated season of developers snapping up older properties in the mid to late 2000s. Back then, on block was considered to be serious windfalls akin to winning the Toto or 4D. For some, it was possible to get two to three times the amount they paid for their home. This might seem like an unbelievable exaggeration. And for the same reason, it was why Onblocks made such a huge impression on public memory. The property market and the economy are in a starkly different situation today. Likewise, the Onblock market is expectedly different from the past few iterations. Can homeowners who go through the Onblock process now reasonably expect to get as much as what people got in the past? In today's episode, we cover Onblocks for private property and cover some of the reasons why homeowners should lower expectations of Onblock profits. Additionally, we also cover the developer side of the story on how the on-block market is now different from the past. The on-blocks that most people remember are the ones that profited on the order of two to three times the previous purchase price. Typically, these apply to highly sought-after land parcels. With multiple developers bidding to obtain that prime piece of land, the reserve price of a land will typically end up above the market rate. This is to incentivize homeowners in the same property project to agree to the collective sales of on-block. Usually, this requires 80% or more of the owners to agree with many other intricate rules to abide by. In the cases of on-blocks reaping tremendous profits, offers for the collective sales are way above the reserve price. On-blocks with an impressive three-digit percentage returns were made before the global financial crisis of 2008, mostly in the years of 2006 and 2007. These returns are calculated as the estimated on-block premium above the market price before the on-block. Over the past 10 years, this on-block premium above the market price has been modest at best. The fortunate few who were able to enjoy the golden age of hot on-blocks in the mid-2000s definitely have the last laugh. Since then, government land sales and property prices have risen significantly. This is especially after a prolonged period of depressed property prices after the GFC and the implementation of multiple different cooling measures. Simultaneously, the prices of new launches have skyrocketed above resale prices. Coincidence? Probably not. The rising cost of land coupled with the expensive on-block for developers all factor in as costs to newer developments. It is no wonder that there has been an established price gap between new private property projects and existing ones. It is unlikely that we will see a feverish on-block season like those of the past. Even if there are on-blocks that clock triple-digit percentage gains, it will likely only be a selected few with great locations and high potential for future growth with the probability of intensifying the land use. Such developments are far and few between. 
The primary reason behind less exciting on rocks this season is mostly the economic and regulatory situation we are in. Within declining volume in the transactions in the market, developers are becoming more selective and cautious of an impending slowdown. Homeowners who are still hung up on reaping huge profits through on blocks should pay attention to whether their property fits the bill of what the developers are looking for, which tend to be rather centrally located, small, freehold developments around three decades of age. So what are some reasons for developers to be cautious in the current on-block market? Some news outlets pointed the possibility of recession as the main reason for caution. But that's not all of it. Higher interest rates, higher additional buyer stamp duty for developers, high property prices, these are all factors playing into why developers are not making big bets on on-blocks this year. It would be speculative to think that the government bodies raised ABSD rates in anticipation of returning on-block fever. But these cooling measures that were introduced to the market further deters hasty moves from developers. The possibility of a recession is a valid concern for developers. It could range widely in terms of impact, from supply chain and construction disruptions and delays to affecting the demand for new properties. A recession could also raise investors' concerns on the financials of the developer. As part of the strategy of being prudent in uncertain times, developers may be holding back on their on-block purchases. The higher interest rates are intricately linked to the possibility of a recession. Higher interest rates are the central bank's main way to combat inflation, but at the same time bring down the growth of the economy. Higher interest rates also mean a higher cost of borrowing for individuals and companies alike. This would negatively affect the investment and growth prospects of businesses, developers included. Higher ABSDs for developers since December 2021 also means that developers have to fork out additional cash upfront of 40% for ABSD prior to even starting the construction. While a portion of this is remittable if they are able to complete and sell all the units of the project, it does not change the fact that the capital requirement for housing development has increased. If the market slows down and the developers are not able to sell all the units in time, their profit margins could be easily eroded due to the high ABSD. This poses a much higher risk to developers. Property prices are now also elevated. If we couple this with an on-block premium, developers might think that they're paying too much for that land parcel. That being said, government land sales and new launch prices are inflating at a much higher rate than resale prices. It is possible that developers are waiting for a price correction in the property market for more reasonable prices. This could be due to developers' expectations of poor future economic performance, more cooling measures, or more government land sales in the future. All of this which makes OnBlock a less attractive option. Nonetheless, developers cannot leave their land banks unreplenished. Unsold inventory levels have been dropping for the private residential properties. This is more apparent for the OCR and RCR as compared to the CCR, which may hint at the directions in which on-blocks will take. In response to the rising property prices and lackluster supply, there's also a possibility that the government would release more land for residential use under the government land sale. The supply situation in the market is also not exactly favourable for developers. As a result, on-blocks in 2022 face a precarious situation as developers acquire land much more selectively. Now let's pull up an interesting on-block situation of Chuan Park. Chuan Park is an interesting on-block case study of 2022. It is the largest on-block deal of the year thus far, selling at 890 million but below their reserve price of 938 million. This basically presents a 5% discount, 48 million below their reserve price for this particular on-block. 
We feature Tron Park in this episode due to the peculiar nature of selling below its reserve price and having potentially unsentient social media ads being run on the new development. But this is not to say that it never happens. Although from a technical point of view, the reserve price should be the minimum acceptable price. Offers coming in below the reserve price are typically rejected, with the envelope failing to go through. This is a more common outcome than accepting an offer below the reserve price. Tron Park is one of these exceptions that sold below its reserve price. Another example would be a commercial property, Realty Centre, unblocked in 2019. The press reported unhappiness among some residents on the lack of timely updates on the deal. Members of the public can only speculate as to why an offer below the reserve price was accepted. Regardless, on blocks like this tell us the state of negotiating power developers have as opposed to collective sellers. It might be a signal that on-block bidding is not as heated as before, particularly for larger developments. Developers will have more negotiating power in this less competitive environment for on-block. The on-block market in Singapore is not isolated away from the rest of the real estate market or the economy. Macro headwinds have also permeated into the on-block market in Singapore, with developers showing a prudent amount of caution in being more selective with on-blocks and more conservative with offers. Even so, the supply situation for developer land banks is still very tight. Yet, the competition for new land parcels via OnBlock and GLS have not reflected these low supply levels. If you want to discuss more on the current property market for Singapore, or want to find out more about how you can optimise your property journey, reach out to us at Property Limb Brothers. OnBlock or not, 2022 is packed with a lot of economic and property news to look forward to. We look forward to sharing more of our thoughts with you. Thank you for staying on this episode of RE News and we'll see you on the next.